2: sky blues extra
3: hello everybody and welcome along to this week's edition of the sky blues extra podcast kindly brought to you by shortland horn coventry's leading estate agents dean here once again in control of the buttons on this week's podcast alongside me i've got david good evening david
0: hello mate all right
3: all good thank you and ross is back with us ross how are we i'm back yeah good evening uh
2: Dina. Uh D- david hope you're both
3: well well nobody can see this but ross has just got a t-shirt on and his guns are flexing this evening <laughs> so uh
2: <laughs> well you know you a little picture of I, what i'm w- seeing I, at the moment i've got to try and uh, compete with you dino you know ah, all those sort of f- first class flights and everything you know there's no guns on
3: me unfortunately uh but there might be a few first class flights coming up that which which might be quite nice uh, as you just yeah. mix the two together you'll be all right yeah yeah that 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 could be could spell disaster <laughs> and there's a few there's a few golfers over uh, have definitely gone down that that wrong path shall we say but uh that's for another podcast and for another day obviously we're going to talk about the two games this week uh it's a classic Coventry city week wasn't it chaps forest come away with absolutely nothing after playing well Heads were down in the in the Sky Blue Army camp, that was for sure. Heading into Fulham, I don't think anyone gave us a bit of a chance and then all of a sudden we put on one of the performances of the season and come away with all three points. Dave, uh, I'll come to you first. What's what's your thoughts on on this week?
0: Yeah, I think Forest was a bit of a disappointment, but I also think going away from home midweek at Forest is always going to be a tough gig. Um and actually i think performances have have improved of late i think we looked decent at forest um for large spells there was just areas of the game that we got wrong um and what can you say about yesterday you know we weathered the storm uh, on occasions but you're not going to play a team that are at that you know that end of the table have scored that many goals and not have chances against you know and we we did really really well to keep keep them out and um yeah they got the one but I think there were some, some fine saves some much more inspired defending I think where it felt like at times people were putting their bodies on the line running through brick walls um, and at times I don't think we had that at Forest and we certainly didn't have that at, at things like Hull at Home so um, yeah I think it's been a really good um, display you know the win was, was, was amazing of course but the loss it wasn't a nature of a, a shocking loss it was just I thought we still played well.
3: I know Ross. When we spoke last on the last podcast last Sunday, we our, our heads were a little bit down, weren't they? Heading into the week, and we kind of said we needed six points this week. And obviously, losing to Forest wasn't ideal. But then to to bounce back straight away against Fulham, you know, the 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 class side in this division, I would say, just shows the type of mentality we've got at the club.
2: Yeah, exactly. And we've showed that all season we the ability to sort of bounce back after disappointments. And when we spanked Fulham at home, that was on the back of the 5-0 defeat to Luton. You know, so we we responded well uh, earlier in the season against Fulham. And we did again this weekend. And I think we both felt didn't we last week that had we beaten Blackburn, we we you know, four points might have been enough from these two. Um, but obviously failing to beat Blackburn, we know we needed six, but you know, three. Would have probably taken, but it would have been the other way round. I don't think any of us fancied going to Fulham, and that being the game that we actually do win, particularly away from home, because our away in form, you know, it's been better this season than last, but it's still not been sort of, you know, it's not been sort of top six, top eight, sort of in the in the league away form. Um, but it was a great way to respond. And like like uh, David said, I actually think the result on Wednesday was, dis- was disappointing. Obviously, being there, uh, sort of live, but I thought the performance. You know, what, well, there wasn't much to be disappointed about performance-wise. It was just the results, and then obviously, we sort of—I uh, think Mark Robbins alluded to it—the difference between Wednesday and uh, you know Sunday was that we took our chances. You know, when we got into these positions, we did actually put the ball in the back of the net, which is what we didn't do on Wednesday. And had we done that, we we could be sat here talking, you know, uh, you know, about a very different week, really. You know, with an extra couple of points on the board.
3: I'm going against the general consensus with this this Forest game because I. I know we created chances and we created a couple of guilt-edged chances, but we do that every week. I still don't think we played to our ability on, on Wednesday evening. I, I I, think there was something missing. Um, there, there was that, I didn't think there was much link-up play. That's that's just my opinion. I, I mean, talking I yesterday you... to a lot of people, they're, they're saying I was, I'm talking absolute nonsense.
0: Well, I think people will think that it was it not not so much negative, but it, it was more of a back foot performance, uh, I'd say. Um, I don't think we're sort of in their faces the same way that we, we have been against teams this season. I don't think our play had that sort of pace to it and um, pressure and all of that that goes with that. But I don't know. I I, I thought it was okay, but I can see what you're saying that we didn't, we didn't sort of have that that same swagger, I guess, as, as our play. But then, you know, I think the pressure was was quite on, wasn't it? Going away from home, it's midweek. You don't want to concede. That does force you into a bit of a a, a more negative defensive sort of performance, I guess.
3: Definitely felt pressurized. I don't. What was the atmosphere
2: like at the ground, Ross? I was well. It was a great atmosphere, um, Forest. You know, for for a sellout, um, and everyone, the media. You know, have already had got them promoted sort of thing you know I expected a, a partisan crowd the Sky Blue Army completely outsung them from start to finish even at 1-0 down and then the, when we conceded the second for about 4 or 5 minutes imagine a sort of, shock four, four, or five, 4 or 5 minutes sort of they, they, they sort of cheered and sang a couple of songs um, and then they went quiet again and I remember you know the people I was with I said I remember when we beat Peterborough 3-0 earlier in the season at the CBS and we went I think second in the league and it was, and that was back in October with still another 30 games to play or so. And it was absolutely rocking non-stop, you know, singers corner, always singing from minute one to minute 95, 96, whatever it might be. I thought the Forest fans were really poor considering they are they were considering where they were going into that game with the games in hand, playoffs, you know, all but certain for them, the way they're playing. And that's why I sort of disagree with in terms of the performance, I think, with everything that they had going for them, and the the way they've brushed teams aside this season, especially at the city ground. I actually think we did impose ourselves quite well early on. And I thought, you know, Vic, we had some great chances at nil-nil. And I felt, and we'll get onto the goal, but I felt that they were anxious. I felt it was the quietest I've seen Jed Spence and Brennan Johnson in a long time. Their fans in the atmosphere, in, in the ground, it felt like... They were thinking, you know, there could be trouble here. And I think if Vic, you know, again we we get we talk about it every single week, the our inability to sort of hit shots sort of with great conviction. But I think if we had scored before their goal, it was all us. Honestly, that was their first attack of the game. So I felt like we were on the front foot. You know, I've been to City Ground in the past under Coleman and these other eras, and I've always just felt like we've been waiting to get beat. I didn't feel like that. I actually felt like we imposed ourselves. And you got to take in consideration the opposition. You know, Forrest have been flying, so I think mm-hmm. to do what we did, it was a really positive display. And I know what you're saying, but I think we against Hull. Uh, you know, when a team down there, it's a different story. But I think to go to Forest and play how we did and actually unsettle them—they were giving the ball away, and we just didn't punish them. And had we taken the lead, I think the atmosphere would have even gone even quieter than it than it already was. It's mad how we have different opinions, isn't it? Not
3: just like overall but you being there to me watching on tv it just feels different i suppose it was the same yesterday it was probably that 20 minute period early in that second half where you could feel the tension in the in the crowd our crowd for for sure and it sort of merged onto the players a little bit because we were on the back foot for a little period but then i've spoke to people who watched yesterday's game on tv and said oh we just look like we're in control for the whole game it's it's really weird how it's different it is different
2: it is very different, I think, being there live and, and watching it on, on, on the screen. It's so much, yeah, you you bang on. Obviously, I had to watch it yesterday on TV. You were there live, and obviously Wednesday it was vice versa. So it's sort of, you get a different feel in the ground, don't you, of, of, of what's happening. And I just felt on Wednesday, we, I felt like we were just putting the ball in the back of the net away. And we got into, I, I always say every single week, but if Forrest had, if, if they got into the positions that we did, Jamie Allen, O'Hare in the second half, Jokeres in the first half, they're putting those chances away, no doubt about it. And uh, if we had done that, I think we could have definitely got something out of the game, at, you know, against Forest. But obviously, it wasn't to be. Let's go into a little bit more detail
3: then. Uh, let's start with with the team, the lineup. It was always going to be one away from home as we as we tend to do under Mark Robbins in the Championship this season. But it was a surprise to see Dabo playing left back Ross, but going up against Jed Spencer, who's been one of the standout performers this season. That was an inspired choice to play Dabo there because probably his best game this season, I thought. Oh. Uh,
2: defensively, 100%. I mean, that right whole right side of Forrest, you've got uh, Johnson ahead of him and Jed Spence. Uh, I think it was an inspired decision from Mark Robbins because I think he clearly was worried about Matson, And I, I think defensively, he's been open at times for us. So obviously Kane came back in on the right, Dabo moved over to the left. And I agree. I thought Dabo was fantastic. Um, and obviously, again, you know, we'll talk about Fulham shortly, but Blackburn, he had a better game. And, uh, and again, on Wednesday night, I thought it was his best defensive performance. It, honestly, I don't think he... You know, I know Brendan Johnson scored, but I, I genuinely don't think they got past him once. But he wasn't I, I in the game. He, no, he wasn't. They, neither was of really them were. I really
3: surprised, actually, because even like... Brennan Johnson being further up the pitch, you could bypass Dabo's position, but he still wasn't in the game at all. It was really weird. And it's probably the worst performance he's had this year, but still got a 7.1 on on the who scored rating. So I'm not too sure, probably because of the goal outweighs everything else. Yeah.
2: But yeah, it must be that. And obviously, know, yeah, the media just have a massive love in with Forrest at the moment. So, you know, they just rate all their players higher for some reason. But Dabo was brilliant. Honestly, you know, we've seen Jed Spence this season getting all the plaudits, rightly so, against Leicester in the Cup and these other games. He's absolutely torn the left back to shreds. And Dabo stood up well. And I, I, yeah, that was his best defensive performance. And in terms of the team, obviously, Ben Sheaf came back in. Um, and like you say, we always go one up top. And obviously that was Matty Godden was the, the surprise omission. There always seems to be one from the team. You know, the team sheet comes out and we go, we didn't hear anything about it. And all of a sudden he's not even on the bench. He's just not in the squad. And obviously as it's transpired, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but he's, he looks like he's going to be out for the season. So one up top, Ben Sheaf coming back in and Alan and O'Hare in the box. It, it was pretty much straightforward. And obviously Kane coming back in for his first game in a while as well.
3: Yeah, it's interesting to see the comparisons to how he set up yesterday to, to Fulham and that's probably a discussion we'll talk about during the Fulham game and how different we sort of set up it tactically, especially in that in that first half yesterday. Uh, Dave, let's talk about early in this in this game. We did have a couple of chances, didn't we? O'Hare probably had the, the guilt edge one where the keeper was off the line but just lacked that conviction with the chip.
0: Yeah, it was a... I mean, it's still quite far out, wasn't it? And it is, it, the, the keeper being halfway house almost giving him a an instinctive chip, but they're hard, they're, they're they're difficult to get right. Um, but, but actually, yeah, Maybe just put your foot on it and and see we see what you know. Can you go round the keeper? Can you try and put it round him? But I suppose when you react like that, it's um it's probably the most natural of instincts. Um, and like you said, uh, yes, yeah, so O'Hare had that chance. I thought alan got into the box. I think was it twice in that in that opening period. um One was a was a better opportunity than the other. Um, but I I think that's it. And you know, I came in for a bit of stick on on Twitter about alan no, I don't but. Believe that. but I do think that I do think that yes, you can run around as much as you want, and you can put pressure on players. But if we are trying to aim for the playoffs and and the players that are, are helping to contribute to that, then we do need to start seeing a few goals from from midfield. And we're not saying that they need to be scoring every week and and be worldies, but in that position, I think. Twice probably could have done more to have to have threatened the keeper, and I just think it is glorious opportunity to get to get in there and great to spot it. But we've got to start putting them away, and I was just a bit disappointed because I think yes, you can run around and you can do a lot, but you know when you get into those opportunities, other teams like Ross said are scoring those, and and that's the difference. Had we have had we have imposed ourselves on the game by scoring earlier on, um, it makes. You know, it sounds very obvious to say, but I do think I agree with Ross. I think Forest would have been rattled. I think they almost had pressure, which is weird because they've been. You know, you look back through their fixtures; they beat Reading, I think four nil. They had another few games where they put four goals past people, and I just think they'd they'd come on the back of that. I think they'd lost. I think it was like um, all wins and a draw um, coming into the game, and I just think if we had have scored early on and we had those chances. I think we probably would have would have would maybe a bit more of a difficult night for them.
3: I think well from what you're saying there, and obviously that tweet you put out, I think that's kind of shadowed my um, my thoughts on the game in regards to we just seem to do a lot of running around, and that's where I don't think there was just not a lot of conviction, and probably that's why I I don't feel like it was one of our best performances. But it's interesting with the with the Jamie Allen um, talk because yesterday against Fulham, it was completely opposite. He had that conviction. Okay, he didn't score, but he was playing some really nice passes in great positions, always up in that front f- um, final third of the pitch as well. Um, and that's kind of also what you want to see from him at times too. Yeah, right? I thought he
0: was. I thought at times his passing on on against Forest was off. You know, yeah, some of, some of the passes yeah. like te- you know ten yard balls, which are usually bread and butter for him, would, was seemingly becoming a bit difficult. And I just think. Yeah, look, play, players have bad games. I, I've just felt it over the last couple of games that he, he just yes, it's it's not enough just to run around, is it? When you when you're no. you know paying professional footballers, they've got to add something else to to the to the game. And don't get wrong, he has, and he's he's had a terrific season. I think he's probably been one of the you know if we all used to get the um the awards at the end of of you know when we were young youth football. And there was always the most improved, which was a fit of her. but you'd probably he'd be looking at like a player that would get that perhaps again this season. Um, you know, Ben Sheaf would be another one I'd say. But, you know, if there was such a most improved, you'd have to say that it was it was Jamie Allen. But just think the last couple of games he's lacked is his sort of usual self a little bit. But yeah, again, yesterday he made made up for that and more.
3: So after that early dominance in this game, obviously we went more nil down. Of course we do. We're Coventry City. That's that's what happens. Uh, Ross, do you want to talk us through this goal? It was a little bit of a calamity in the end, wasn't it? Especially with with Jake Bidwell. I'm not too sure what he was trying to do mm. with the clearance.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, as you say, how many times have we been here this season? You know, being well on top in games against teams in the playoffs, um, and then you, you stood there in, in in the ground, and before you know it, you one to one nil down, and it was. Yeah, I mean, they didn't deserve it at all. It Genu- genuinely was their first attack. Um, and it all started really with, with Todd Kane, who I thought had a poor game uh, on Wednesday night. I think it, it showed that he'd been out. I I, I thought when he had the ball, he, he wasn't very offensive. And then defensively, he loses his runner. And it's a simple pass. It was the first time they sort of had picked up the loose ball or the second ball in midfield. And they had it, you know, 30 yards out or whatever. And he slipped in this pass. But it, it, he's just not—he's just not watching the runner Todd Kane, and then it, and then I think it's Cole back pulls the the ball back, and I don't think it's a great ball across the six yard box. And I actually think Bidwell—I uh, mean, it was one of those. <laughs> I always say this. You know the opposition will always score the chances we miss, but we are never scoring that goal in a no. month of Sundays. No. We are never getting that rub of the green. And Bob I'm was not- that I mean out the
3: corner, doesn't it? For I us, I mean, it
2: 100, Bob- and it. You know, he sort of blocks it. I actually think he defends it quite well, but then it hits the post, and someone gets jammed between him and the post. And then more comes out. From my angle, I was on the other corner. I, I thought more. Oh, maybe he's tipped it out for the side netting, but obviously it's it's gone in and. It, it all just stemmed from just not dealing with that simple through the ball initially. Kane, if he watches his runner, he can potentially stop the cross. But it was just one of those where you just thought that's that's the look, that's the sort of purple patch that Forrester are on, that they're winning games, and, and they're getting that rub of the green, maybe that we got earlier on in the season mm-hmm. with you know when we were on our good run. And Forrester's just hitting their s- strap sort of thing, and they got that good fortune. It was a really poor goal, and I was just sort of stood there arms folded, Rice smile thinking, here we go again, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it, so it was one of those where, you know, when, when we played Hull and these games, the odd game here and there, the season when we've been really poor and we've gone one nil down, you, you're sort of there and you're going, well, you know, it's been coming. But when, when we're on top, and it's happened so many times where we've been dominating games. And I honestly felt like we were dominating. I, I thought Hamer was running the show. Alan Hamer, the, the energy. And Ben Sheaf, I thought, had a really good game. And then all of a sudden, it just seemed so Im- see, uh, easy and simple. You know, the, oh, their first attack and, and it's a goal. And obviously the way it just went in was so sort of clunky as well. So it Can was, I was disappointing. I say Jake Bidwell defended that well though? Sure. No. I felt, I felt like he read the ball. Uh, the blame for me goes on Todd Kane. I think he has to watch the runner. Uh, when the ball comes across,
0: I think he... But we actually- were behind, weren't we? Behind the game, like, once that had gone, that passage play, like, we were we were really, like, behind the ball. Everyone was trying to rush to to make yeah. up, and you're diving in left and side. I think, you know, you've got to look at Hamer, who doesn't dive out of a tackle, but he he tries to do that sort of... You know what he does, where he just tries to nick it away from a player rather than actually, you know, physically tackling someone. Sometimes, which when he gets away of it, it looks great, but otherwise, that it just looks like that. Ben Chief had all the time, seemingly to to do something about his his man. And he kind of just was in a difficult position, didn't want to bring him down, but then the ball's gone out wide, and from that point, we're just playing catch up, weren't we? And you're you're right. No one tracked their runners, but we didn't really track runners all night. Sadly, that's why it was 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 two 0 But yeah, you're right. It it was just it really poor way to concede. Uh, But it just felt to me that we're playing catch up as soon as that ball in the middle of the park. um, You are right.
2: But but when I say Bidwell defended it well, I mean he's the only one who actually got in the right position, like to defend. I mean, if he had if he had been off his runner, Johnson would have just tapped it into the back post anyway. I just think the way it all transpired from the moment he sort of chested it, I don't know whether he should have probably just knocked it out of a corner, but I think it did just seem to get trapped between him and the the post, and then more sort well, of. He kicked with his left it, foot, hits yeah, his
3: right it, foot, which is a trailing leg at the time. Yeah, but he, he lacks conviction with clearing with the left foot yeah.
2: to begin with, and you're like, I mean, what are you doing, bro? Just get it, rid. It was, it was, yeah, it was a combination. I mean, it was, it was incredibly unfortunate. And I just thought it was so avoidable. But like, uh, David, you're bang on even before that pass, which Kane didn't track his runner. You're right, in midfield, that was a moment where we, yeah, we did just seem to give him too much space. Uh, you were right about that. So that whole little passage, that was the first time in the game it had felt like, you know, Forrest had picked up the ball in a, you know, a dangerous position. And then, and then lo and behold, we're one or down to a most ridiculous sort of finish at the back post as well. Um, and we're never scoring that. So then you're behind and you're thinking... Yeah, you know, you're sort of wondering how we're how we behind, you know.
3: And even after that, I thought Forest were kind of in the ascendancy. Obviously, with the goal, it kind of happens. They get a G up. Obviously, that happens in, in football. But it seems to me like we get these periods of dominance and then the opposition score inevitably and they can take control of the game. And then we come out for the second half and then we take control of the game or, or vice versa. And then we have like these 20, 25-minute periods of, of time. And it, it just seems to be happening the whole way through the season. Can you, can you put a thing on that, Ross? Is it, know, I mean, I, 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 is it concentration
2: levels, or is it when something goes against us, then the heads go? I, I think it's a bit about. I remember Blackburn away. We we seem to do that thing where like you you bang on, we're, we're dominating the game, we concede one, and then suddenly we look like we concede another one or two in, in within the next five minutes, and we we suddenly it's like we lose the ability. Every, everyone loses their ability, and it, it felt like that a bit. Um, but then the second half, you know, we sort of we regroup, and then we come out almost a different side again. And we were well on top again. I mean, what, what I'll put it down to, probably concentration. And I think maybe that we've got that ability in the team to sort of come back from adversity in the second half. But I think in, in the game, in those moments, we struggle to wrestle back that momentum. You know, we felt against Blackburn and we spoke last week in the second half, they score early on. And then for the whole of the half, you're thinking, how who, who's going to take responsibility to actually take that momentum back? Is that Robbins or is that someone on the pitch? I think that's where we lack. I mean, we don't once we get to half time when we've been behind in games or whatever, we regroup, think we come out, yeah. we regroup and then we come out and we're the dominant side. But within those halves, like you say, and it happened both halves against Forest, we were on top, they score, and then suddenly we're you're thinking, Oh, and then we just lose our way a little bit, our heads drop a little bit. I think you're I think you're right with that. Any thoughts on that, Dave?
0: no it just never really felt once that goal went in it never really felt to me that we were going to have enough to 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 like you know get back um, to be honest it, it did it almost felt inevitable that it was gonna it, we were gonna slump to a loss um and it, maybe that's just like it's different like you say when you're there at the get, ground versus watching it at home on tv but I just felt we've seen it all so often when we've gone away to a tricky, a tricky place on a midweek and we just don't seem to have, just don't seem to have that same fire or that same sort of energy and, you know, that we do either at home or, 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 or perhaps on the, on the week week weekends as well. But it just felt to me that it was just it it, it sort of stunk of like Preston away last year, or like I think Borough this season uh, away from home. Or I, I'm trying to remember, but it just yeah, it had it had feelings of that really for me.
3: And it seems to be the case where, like what Ross was saying there, or sorry, as you were saying there, with different games this season. We have to scrap our way to a win in midweek, if we get one. Like the Blackpool game, for instance, at the start of the season, you're know, backs against the wall early there. Um For sorry, early in the season, for the majority of that game, we never seem to do it easy in midweek.
0: Yeah, do- I don't know what what that it, it is. Um, I don't think we we didn't have the same we didn't have the same tempo. I don't think on Wednesday night that we had. I'm not saying that people weren't busy and weren't running around, but. I just, I can't put my finger on it. I, it's not a negative performance. It just feels a bit more defensive and a little bit more apprehensive and you know, no no real conviction that they can probably get a win. Um, and, and even things like, you know, Bristol city, great um, win. Um, wasn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, but was hard fought. you know, we, like you say, we've never really like hammered a team. Um, away from home on a midweek from what I can remember and and look really sort of ultra confident.
3: Must be the floodlights or something like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, the
3: apprehension
2: comes in defensively, I think. I think I do agree. I think in the second half and the second goal, which we'll talk about, comes from defensive apprehension. But after the game, I'm there thinking, we are just that little clinical edge away of going one or two up against Forest in the first 20 minutes, like Hull did to us. And they'd have been shell shocked. Yeah, and, we, game, and we, yeah. we were in control. Like we with in those moments, because you're not going to dominate a game, especially away from home against a team who's flying and, and and you know dispatching everyone with ease. We didn't make it easy for them. And when we were in con- on top, we have to take our chances. And the moment we didn't, and then they go up and have their first attack and score this sort of scrappy goal. I agree that at that moment, it does feel inevitable, but it, it, we're not that far away from, you know, being a team who can go away 100%. to a team like that and, and scoring a couple of goals and being on top. And then suddenly Forest fandom would have been, you know, shell shot sort of thing, but th- that that's the margins, isn't it? And obviously on Sunday against Fulham, we did put the ball in the back of the net, but yeah, you know, we have to... How many
0: how many times did we last season do the, um, you know, the end of the game uh, to video on, on the lives? And how many times did we just the games just seem to pass us by there'd be 60 70 minutes where you couldn't even remember anything happening yeah, happens, we we're like yeah. struggling to squeeze out an hour of live were not we <laughs> hey now come on discuss no, the game easy <laughs> come on now we we always push to an hour <laughs> so it's markedly different isn't it from from last season where actually we you always feel that will create a chance or, you know, even before the game, you go into games now thinking, well, actually we'll create chances. Yeah. We will, we will have shots on target, um, you know, without mentioning the whole XG and all, all of that. But it's true. Whereas last season, we didn't have, didn't have anywhere near that. So it's been a markedly improvement. And um, I just think, yeah, like you say, the next, the next level is taking those chances isn't it? I don't really want to get into the XG
3: kind of things. Cause I just think it's an absolute, horror of a stat if i'm if i'm honest i, I just don't yeah, yeah. i just don't believe in it to be honest in, in regards to you know what teams are playing well or not by expected goals nothing's expected in this game is
2: it let's be honest well, uh, well I, I after the game i remember looking at you know uh the, sort of the xg4 you can look at the certain chances and there was game you know when you're there live and you see and you see how far out o'hare is in the second half to pull one back with 15 minutes to go i'm thinking if he just doesn't wait that half second, all he has to do is hit it, not the goalie, and it's goal. And the XG were trying to claim that was like a ridiculous, like ridiculously low chance of scoring. I'm thinking, what game are you watching? Because when when you're there and you see that someone's six yards out in that, in that, element, I don't know. Yeah. I agree. I think it's a bit of a, a bit rubbish to be honest. Um, you know, but yeah, it's one of those. I'm conscious
3: that it just sounds like we're moaning here. So let's try yeah, and exactly. wrap this forest game up because uh, <laughs> we've got better things, obviously, to talk about with, with Sunday's performance. So let's just talk quickly about the uh, the second goal for, for Ghana. Um, a calamity of errors again. You know, it seems to be that when we make mistakes, we are punished and we were punished in the middle of the park. Uh, I think it was Davis who played the ball through and, and it was a, a simple finish, really. And I think Simon Moore really committed early, didn't he, Dave, to, to going down for... Down to his left side, and and the ball went to to his top right.
0: Yeah, well, the first thing it comes from Dabo, so he just like dinks it to to try and put um, pass it to Jamie Allen, but it's 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 not even on. I don't I don't know what he's trying to do. Do go back and watch it if if you get a chance because he just sort of dinks it, and then the, that they pick up the ball from there. It's them fizzed into feet. We're not tight enough. There's a lot of times this season where we're just not tight enough. I don't understand it when. I understand about having that gap between the goal and, and you know, you know the player and, and, and go, having a halfway house so that they can run on. But at mm-hmm. times when you know a player is going to get a ball into feet, be on his touch. You've got someone behind you. They're not going to spin you on the first touch. If they do, great. Class bit of skill. See you later. Fine. But we were just, we were so close. So Sorry, so slow to, to shut him down. Higham, this was, who's nowhere near, near him. So then... He has a chance then to stand him up, and look to either go past him. He obviously nutmegs him, Um, and then and then from there you're again playing catch up. Todd Kane sliding in at at some or trying to come back from, you know. But we should have reacted even when that when that ball broke down. Dabo, even from that pass, we should have reacted and got bodies behind. We didn't, and you're playing catch up. And yeah, it's a good it's a good finish. You know, it's from from a close close. close uh, to the goal so he's you know he's, and he's he's absolutely hammered it to be fair and I think he's just sort of wrong-footed um Simon Moore isn't he and he's sort of waved at it and tried to get a glove on it but it was traveling to be fair um and if Hyam stands just... up to Davis you know Hamer
3: covers the run from Ghana but because yes. Hamer tries to cover Hyam's mistakes yes. and go yeah. to the ball then garner has got yeah. that free running behind so and, and, it's so thing. you know he's steamed
0: they? into the box you know who's tracking that I mean, you know Kane's not slow you you've got like you say Hamer was was out of position but they sort of just they bomb forward and it's it's always it's always ugly for me to see players bombing past yours because it's like yeah. they're desperate to get in the box and score and, and you think well at 1-0 right up to the end of the game you've got a chance but once that goes in it's it's Night, night, Vienna, isn't
3: it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and that was the uh, that was all she wrote for for Forest. Um, let's, as I said, let's not dwell on it too much. Let's get him a couple of man of the match performances from the from the Sky Blues. We'll start with you, Ross. Uh,
2: ben Sheaf, I thought he had a yeah, yeah. I thought it was great to see him back in, and then the uh, yeah, I thought he had a, a good game. Ben Sheaf for me, and
3: David.
0: Yeah, I agree, actually. I think Ben Sheaf had a, a really good game. You know, he was at fault perhaps for the first goal, but generally I think he looked really, really strong and he's he's really grown, hasn't he, as a, as a central midfielder.
3: You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Right then, let's move on to Sunday and a fantastic result and performance from the Sky Blues as we travel to to Craven Cottage, which was the first time in about 60 years, I think, since we've, since we've played Fulham in a, in a league fixture away from home. Um, you know, it, it was exciting, wasn't it? From from the off, really. Um, with with the team news, Ross, what what was your thoughts?
2: Oh well, yeah, it was great to see. Um, obviously, when attacking, you know, Matson was obviously brought back in. Dabo moved back to the sort of right wing back slot, and uh, obviously it was one at the top again. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was an attacking move, you know, to bring Matson back in because he's certainly better going forward, I think, than he is defensively. Um, and but I, and I think with that system. We've we've showed at times that if we've got that level of conviction and that intensity and that sort of sort of tempo, that it can be very, very attacking, albeit with the one up top. Um and so it proved. So yeah, no, I, I was I was encouraged by the team sheet. And I guess there was <laughs> it it's funny because after we left Forest, we all sort of said Yeah, we'll probably go and beat Fulham, you know, as one of those sort of things, you know, Forrest, the defeat sort of signaled the end of the playoffs, but we'll probably go and beat beat Fulham. But at the same time, there was a bit of apprehension because you're thinking we've got some tough fixtures here. You don't want it to be one of those seasons which sort of just fizzles out. So, yeah, the team sheet came out and I was pretty encouraged uh, to see how we were going to get on. The one thing that didn't encourage me, I was watching the players
3: come off the coach as one of those (laughs) early arrivals to the ground. And honestly, every single one walked off with a limp. You know, Dabber, I said I said in the group chat that Dabber looked ill. I don't think he looked up for it at all. Uh, hey, Maddie's hood up. Everyone just looked down in the dumps and just like going through the motions. And I thought to myself, oh, no, here we go. I've just paid £37 for this ticket. And, you know, no one looks up for it. And I was, you know, pleasantly surprised as, as we started the game so well. And there was that real sense of belief, Dave, wasn't there? Not only in the Sky Blue Army, but on, on the pitch as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely had that feeling again of a London away day, and um, it, the crowd was was amazing when they threw out. But it, it already at start a game, it had that. You know, it's always handy when the sun's shining, everyone's you know jolly, and the pressure that we put on Fulham straight away felt to me like how we start again at the at the, at the CBS. You know, that that early pressure and Fulham weirdly looked panicked, didn't they? They they, yeah. they didn't really. Couldn't, couldn't sort of get their lines at, at all um and that pressure built and built and built and i think we just i thought really that we just it, it actually there was a real sense of belief and i thought we're in for a game here we, we're gonna you know it's gonna be a hard hard game but actually they've they've st- sort of took a step step back and dropped off and 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 were sort of worried about us and and, and runners and i think from the early on it felt like actually wait, may, maybe we can get something here. And it was mad to see, you know, like they couldn't they couldn't
3: conceivably control the ball or pass to each other and you know, Carvalho wasn't even moving into space as he's done all season, he's picking up pockets of space and we just seem to shut that down. And I think that's a, a credit to the sort of the setup with with how we played Jamie Allen not only sort of helping, you know, Garcore's and O'Hare top end of the pitch, but also dropping back to act as like a a free in midfield at the same time, so the energy levels he showed to to play both parts of that game, I thought was 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 superb.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was that high energy, wasn't it? And that high press, and and we just we just got out of the traps, didn't we? Really early, put pressure on them, and that makes chances. We've said this so much that when you have that tempo, that's why we start so well at CBS. When they have that tempo. Teams don't like that. They don't want. They don't want to be on the ball. It's it's a bit hot potato. No, don't pass it to me. That sort of feeling because they're sort of so urgent. Um, and as games go on, obviously that that drops off, and and teams will find their feet. But if that happens early, it does force chances, and they, they were happened yesterday.
3: I also think that atmosphere kind of helped as well. I don't know what it sounded like on the uh, on the box, Ross, um, but you know, the Fulham crowd was, was nowhere to be, to be heard, shall we say, but the Skyburn Army was, was raucous. Um, did that, did that come over on, on the airwaves?
2: Yeah, definitely. No, it, it uh, yeah, the Skyburn Army were the only thing you could hear. You know, I, I started watching it and I suddenly thought it, it sounded like Fulham had, you know, we're doing all four stands, you know, empty <laughs> like that new one. Um But, uh but no, the Skyburn Army, again, absolutely sensational. And I think, I think it's one of those, like when we've started fast, like you say, David, particularly at home and we get the crowd up, then the, the final piece of the jigsaw, because we've responded to the, the players and then all you need is the players to respond and, and, and punish a team, you know, take the lead. And I think that just cements everything then. Um, and obviously that's what we managed to do um, on on Sunday. So, yeah, no, the Scarborough Army sounded unbelievable. And again, you know, I get, I sort of get bored of it, you know, all these opposition fans saying how amazing the, the Scarborough Army have been. But, uh, but yes, it was great that we could capitalise on that feel-good factor. And I think we did panic them. And for once this season, we've sort
3: of made our dominance pay off. With that early goal for 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 Michael Rose Ross uh, from a corner, I think that's two in two in two in the picture for him.
2: Oh, he obviously loves it, doesn't he? The other one was against Reading, um, so uh, no, he loves it. It was a great, yeah, great free kick, and I think yeah, hamer has been threatening sort of more of those, and we corner. probably should have scored more. Yeah, corner, yeah,
3: yeah, it was a corner, yeah. What did I say? Free kick, free kick. We it's did hard. have. I meant- we did, to be fair, we did have a lot of free kicks in that in that I first me- half.
0: <laughs> well, no, to be fair, well... Deadpool I'm, situation. Deadpool, yeah, yeah. that's what I was trying to that say.
2: Covers yeah, all, yeah. That
3: covers all areas.
2: Yeah, no, it's obvious. Was, I was trying to think, whipped it in, but, uh, you know, he whipped it in from the corner. Um, and yeah, Rose great gambling at the near post and he's, he's a great, great flicked header. And yeah, it's great to sort of actually capitalise you know, on the dominance. Um, because like you say, there's been times this season where we haven't, and then we've ended up sort of regretting it. So yeah, it was a great corner and we probably should have scored more. Our corners this season with the quality delivery we put in, but it was a great header.
3: I think. Never mind this season. I thought we should have scored more yesterday from corners. We were absolutely electric. Hamer's ball yesterday and the delivery was was sublime. I think that's probably the the period the first, that period in the first half we had what six or seven corners or let's say six or seven dead ball opportunities, um, and we we looked like we were going to score from every single one of them. It was just like they did not know how to deal with with it defensively. OK, All right. just me then. Are you Are <laughs> not going to come back on that? Oh, thanks. Cheers, guys. Maybe like a right tit, Brilliant. OK, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Gorkarez, a great performance again from, from Big Vic, a battering ram at the top end of the pitch. And, and he made it 2-0, Dave.
0: Yeah, he did. And this is going to sound odd, but I actually think the reason, you know, his goal was almost not lucky, but it, it had a bit of help, didn't it? And because and the, the keeper just absolutely made a meal of it. But I was thinking about this and thinking, well, why did Vic have such a, a better game perhaps yesterday than, than, and he always holds it up really well. He always looks to go past people and we know that. But I honestly think it's because Fulham probably play the game the right way. And the amount of teams that just drag him down or take him out and we haven't had fouls. And it sounds really stupid to say that, but I can't really remember any like niggly fouls from sort of Fulham yesterday. And and that's kind of it gave him the ability to you know, we all know what Vic can do. Once you once he stands up a player and looks to go past him and get a shot away, that's it. You're you're in you're in trouble. But a lot of teams don't allow him to do that by dragging him to the ground or kicking him or whatever. Fulham didn't do that, but they paid the price because they did allow him to to turn stand up defenders and, and look to go past people and that that's when he causes so much trouble because he gets then in behind and he looks to bring other people in and we know he's not afraid to just keep running with the ball and and once he starts to get into the box you can't bring him down so he does cause you problems um and he did the same yesterday and it was it was a great you know a great finish and they were shell shocked they just didn't know what what was happening. And, and I don't think the Sky Blue Army did.
3: He had that back four on toast all game, didn't yeah. he? It was just so amazing to see because you're thinking, Fulham are going up, Fulham are going to the Premier League and they're not a team known for investing well when they go to the Premier League or, you know, whilst they were in there, they didn't invest that well anyway. And you're thinking most of these defensive players are probably going to be playing at Fulham next season. They're going to get absolutely torn apart, aren't they? Big, yeah, big. I
0: mean, they're going to come up against players that, you know, as much as we love Vic, are going to be, you know, arguably a, a lot more of an improvement on on him um, and a lot, you know, a lot more flair. Um, but he just seems to bully people, doesn't he? And he's just he's just this unstoppable juggernaut when he gets rolling and people don't know what to do. They don't want to bring him down. They don't know whether to just let him keep running and, and show it, you know, really you should just show him onto his left. Right. But yeah. he just doesn't seem to let you do that. And, um, he gave them a torrid time yesterday and, and they, yeah, there's, there's a rude awakening coming for when they start to play against, you know, people like Jesus and, and you know, Who? Ronaldo and Jesus
3: Is that a Greek international? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the gods. I think, Ross, you you mentioned a few moments back when Vic wins that first battle, he wins every battle from yes. there on in.
2: Yeah, well, I think if he starts a game well, I think he then, he's unreal for the game uh, and vice versa. If he sort of gets sort of beat in the air, then you sort of think it's going to be a long afternoon. He's going to have to work hard to try and get himself back into the game. And again, yesterday, he wins the first one. And I feel like not only does he sort of win it as in sort of wins a header, but he wins it in terms of he'll control it and then beats him for pace and strength. And you're thinking he's going to have him on on, on toast, like you say, all all afternoon. And I think, I mean, how many times have we seen him do that on the left side, cut in and get a shot away? You know, it's sort of his sort of trademark position, I think, you know, and so many times this season he's managed to hit efforts from there. And yeah, he, he was unbelievable. And I actually think just picking up your point, Dave, about, you know, these sort of sides, which are maybe a bit sort of nicer, you know, sort of play more football rather than the physical attributes he benefits from. I think we benefit from, I think if you look at the Agreed. great results we've had this yeah. season, teams who just attack us or sort of a bit more pass, pass, pass. I think we've got that intensity in hamer yeah. We've got that pressing in O'Hare. We've got that sort of power of uh, Jokeres. And I think, you know, the results will speak for themselves, you know, and especially the performances. There's been games where we've, we've absolutely battered other teams like that. Um, and I think we come and stuck against those sort of teams which are a bit more wily sort of you know uh, game management etc Was Fulham yeah. Yeah, yeah cute
0: yeah so I think we you look at look at games that we've struggled where you know Reading for example away from home great result but they just literally flung balls into the box really for 90 minutes and we don't at the start of the season we looked like we could deal with that but we we invite that pressure and then and we, we sort of just just go in ourselves don't we but but Fulham weren't really doing that, if that makes sense. These sort of teams that come to try and play through balls, play play through you and play around you, rather than just sort of fling it into the box. We, we sort of we deal with that really well, and we won the midfield battle, didn't we yesterday as well, which was key. They they didn't really have anything there that was, they couldn't really create anything from the midfield. I think because the press, like you said, was so was so good.
3: But it's mad, like when we talk about going up against teams who play. The same way as us, I feel like we're better at those mm-hmm. departments than those teams we play against. Even though we might have to have those, you know, A star players like like the likes of Fulham. When we come up against them, we just raise our game another
2: level to match them and even you know eclipse them as well. And that's why we're so close. And I feel like because when we, we we've shown several times, you know, it, it's not like we've had one fluke result. How many times the season where we've gone? Yeah, we're we not only have we gone head to head or match them, we've, we've beat them at their own game. You know, we, we I think we've got the, the players capable of doing that. And it, it's just those little games, like you say, the, the Reddings away, which, yes, we won. But there's been games like that where we haven't Preston away. These sort of games where we sort of have to enter a physical duel. That's what sort of got us unstuck. And if we can master that part of our game, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Because Yeah, I
3: think people were questioning, though, why can the likes of Fulham go to a Preston away and win? You know, when it's when it we're in the same boat as them, as that you know Preston will be cute against the likes of Fulham. It's because of their quality outshines that effectively in that final third. The likes of Mitrovic, Carvalho, Wilson, when they get a chance, they take them. Whereas us, when we get the chances, like we've spoken about for for now on the end of this season, when we get the chances, we just don't take
2: them enough. Basically, that's the difference. We they've got a goal scorer who scored thirty eight goals. That's you know, and they've got they've got the depth. You know. He's a bit of a bit of a fraud though, isn't he? 38 goals. Who are they against? Not us. Well, well no, they weren't against us. But, but I mean, the, it is funny because actually, when you I remember seeing a lot of his goals this season against probably teams like Preston and stuff, and you know, I mean, they how many they've won 7-0 twice, 6 2 twice. I mean, yeah, you know, he's probably got about 10 goals in just those games alone, if not more. Teams just seem to give him so much space. And yeah. I think what we did well in the first game at the CBS was fads was so tight to him. You know, it's that tight that have fans actually scored no goal, but he actually didn't give him anything in the game. And I think if you defend him like that, I think you you can keep him very quiet because he's not he's he not gets wound
0: big. up, doesn't he? Then massively, yeah, he does. yeah. gets frustrated. He was rushing
2: out yesterday. I think Ben Chief had his number
3: all game. Never mind the defensive line, Ben Chief yeah. was on him like a rash every yeah. single time he had the ball, and then that gives the defense the opportunity to stand there and say, well if there are going to be runners off of Mitrovic and he's already been dealt with, then we can deal with the situation when that arises too. And that's why I think our tactics and the game plan in that first half was absolutely superb in regards to we all pressed as a team, we all moved forward. Jamie Allen dropped back into the free when, when it was needed in midfield and then pushed on, or either him or Hamer pushed on to join the attack with O'Hare and Jokeres when when those chances arose. So I think tactically absolutely spot on for Mark Robbins yesterday and the team bought into it as well, which is you know something that's probably not been enough of this season, the team buying into to how we want to play, especially away from
0: home. That was the key, wasn't it? look like you said, we went forward as a unit and everyone was a part of the attack yesterday. And when you when you combine that sort of pressure in the middle of the park and that press and that hurrying to to win the ball back and then it breaks down and then everyone's going forward as one. Alan, O'Hare, Hamer um, and, and, and Vic, you know, sort of being on that last man. It's really, really difficult to, to because you've just got all of these runners coming, coming up against you. So I, I think that was it was the harmony between all attacking as a unit, I think, yesterday. And as soon as we got on the ball, everything was positive on the front foot. Um, whereas at times, you know, yeah, maybe we, we sort of lack that uh, urgency at times. And that means that we give chance teams a chance to regroup. But yesterday, we, we didn't at all. And the wingbacks as well. Do you not, you know,
2: they, 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 I mean, but it bad. makes a huge difference when yeah. they're part of that attack. We spoke when we had that little... Dip in form that they didn't seem to be as high up. So you know, yeah. whereas again yesterday, every time I was watching us attack, they were flying up. And Matson, you know, Vic always had that option to his left hand side. Someone almost as high as a bit high up as him, and then Dabo again on the right. And I think that is just crucial. We've said it how many times this season on the podcast about the wing backs are absolutely fundamental doesn't it that's the
0: thing it gives them another thing to think about whereas if it is just Vic on his own it's it's very very difficult but when you've got that supporting role of of the wing backs and you've got the runners then of O'Hare and and even I think a Hamer looked more attacking even yesterday than than perhaps he's looked in some of the recent games Um, it's great to see him when he picks up the ball deep and sprays it around but Actually, he is actually great in those advancing positions as, as well. Um, I, I totally agree with you. Those wing backs are, are absolutely key, and I just I think the players themselves. I mean, Matson looked like he he needed a rest, um, perhaps, and it, it, he he's come back, hasn't he? He looked great, and Dabo's found form. I think back to sort yeah. of something like his best. I'm still I would still go as far as saying he's probably not ninety minute fit um, and. To, to sort of keep up that whole pace for ninety minutes, but he he definitely looks a, a different you know different player than he, he looks sort of maybe at the beginning midway through the season where he sort of had a dip off and, and 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 Todd Kane obviously came into the fold and he he sort of kept that wing back going alive didn't he 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 had a really good start as well um, but all of the games when that hasn't happened yeah we've struggled we've spoke about Bristol City. That was a game Kane and wing-backs didn't get forward that much. We struggled, right? I know we won, but we we just didn't seem to be creating as much. And they do stretch teams. Uh, I don't like to pick out opposition players, but
3: Harrison Reed in the middle of the park for for them yesterday, probably the worst performance from an opposition player I think I've seen all season. Um, And obviously he's touted as being one of the... The, the, the best defensive midfielders in this division we just didn't give him any time or space to, to control the game and you know he gave the ball away so many times and we you know we capitalized or created a chance from from those and that's what the press also gives you doesn't it it gives you a chance to to let them make mistakes because that's what football is basically you know the team that creates the less the, the less less mistakes inevitably wins the game and you know that's 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 something that happened yesterday we we caused them all sorts of issues to 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 make them make
2: mistakes exactly forced errors isn't it and you know you force them into mistakes and then it's about you know good decision making when we pick up the ball and I, i've seen us doing it a lot we did it again on, on wednesday against forest we you will win the ball and you sort of charging forward then it's the key thing is can we then make the right passes you know and make the right choice and we, more often than not yesterday we did I mean, I was looking. you know, I was watching it and the stats were a bit bizarre because I didn't have that much possession, but I felt we did so much when we had the ball. Mm-hmm. I felt like every time we attacked, I thought we're going to create a, a golden opportunity here. I, I think we can score. And, you know, again, <laughs> we scored three goals and if you're hypercritical, there's, there was chance in that second half at 2-0 where I'm thinking... We've got to score, you know. We somehow, you know, still that that clinical edge away from absolutely demolishing a team. But there was um, a,
3: there, there definitely was that sort of thought process in the crowd. Definitely, that two nil wasn't enough.
2: Yeah, because you know, team of
3: Fulham's a are always going to give a team of Fulham's quality are always going to create chances, aren't they? Regardless of how they're playing, they're going to create something, and it's, and it's how we deal with that.
0: Hundred percent. I think what what also was as as they the more chances they had, they hit the bar. They, you know, there was like gold mouth scrambles. I think that just almost encouraged us, like, you know, surged us on even more to say, actually, no, we're we're not going to get beat today. We're not going to. And it, I had, it did feel a bit like that. Don't get me wrong. You're watching it and thinking, well, they, they don't need to create much to, to, to get back in the game. But at the same time, you felt it just doesn't feel like it's going to be their day. They're, they're hitting the bar. They're, you know, they're, Mitchovich is having a wobbly. He throwing a you know toys out the pram, all sorts of things, and it just didn't feel. Like, it did feel like it was going to be our day, didn't it? For, for even though that we were under a lot of pressure at times. All right, then let's let's talk about him because I know you're dying to talk about your mate
3: Si Moore. Um, his performance yesterday was absolutely outstanding, Dave.
0: It was. It was. It was incredible, and. The thing, the thing for for me that Simon Moores give us this season is, I think he gives the centre backs much more confidence than perhaps um, you know Wilson or Morosi prior to to that, um, and that allows them to to be, you know, push up even further um, at, at times. But I think it's it's just. He seems to have those, you know, we say about cat-like reactions, don't we? But he seems to be able to get a hand to something. um, And even when he spills something, they're always, you know, pushed away from the goal generally. They're never like pushed out at the feet of a, a striker or an oncoming player. I just think, I think he's just, he commands his box well. He gets us on the front foot. He gets us playing I think you know he's he's been a breath of fresh air really this season. It's something that we needed. I think we've struggled really throughout in in terms of the goalkeepers um, for for like a solid you know keeper that we can have a basis now to to go forward. Um, but he was just determined not to get beat, and I know he, he was. But some of the some of the saves that he made and the way that he he claimed the ball, it, it, he came for it in the air. I, I think it was a really, really good performance, and that must inspire and give confidence to it to his, his his you know his defensive colleagues.
3: What was I can't remember? Was it for Mitrovic to save down low in the first half, down to his left? I think it might have been a header. It
0: yeah, was... the, yeah, there was there was there was that header. I mean, there was a couple, weren't they, that that were going across the goal. Um, yeah, and you always felt that he was kind of there. And and like exactly how I said, you know, he pushed them out wide rather than pushing them back into oncoming players. But he he just seems to, he's got, he's a very good shot stopper. His distribution is nine times out of 10 is is pretty spot on, I'd say. Um, And, you know, it it just feels like he commands that box um, a, a, a lot better than, than perhaps some of the keepers we've had in the past. That, I mean, I'll, I'll,
3: you know, maybe a save of the season for me. That first one, the, one of one of the headers down low. I think it was Mitrovic. I'll, I'll have to watch back and, and have a look through. But outstanding. He was on the opposite side of the goal when he got down there. So, like you said, cat-like reflexes. And, you know, it could have been a different story had he not made, you know, a string of saves, especially in that second half to, to see out the game. And obviously, we did see out the game with with the third goal, Dave, from, from O'Hare. Um, and this was great to see as well. The press working hard in the ninety-second minute, putting Reem under pressure, and obviously, he, he, you know, he he's got to he's got to finish that. Or for all we said about O'Hare's finishing this year, that's an easy chance for him, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, Hamer two assists yesterday, um, and it and it just showed that him being further forward um, again, he made things happen. But they were just at six and seven, they were so so. And that's what I mean. They were just so rushed throughout the game and hurried. Um, and it, it almost had that and never busy. it wasn't going to be their day. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, that was, yeah, that was circus stuff, wasn't it? To, it felt to very of...
3: forced from Fulham, didn't it? During the whole game, like they were just trying yeah. to force everything rather yes. than just relaxing and just playing it, the football it, as they can.
0: hundred percent. And as we know, when you when that happens, the balls are just short or um, not quite there, are they? And and yeah, Great, great bit of um, you know composure from Hamer. Um, still had to, to to cross it and, and beat a few players. Um, and you know, and great to see O'Hare. You know, he does get in the box, and you know, we we want to see more from him from that. But it was it was fantastic, and just you know, the scenes in the away end were just yeah pandemonium, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I woke up with a nice uh,
0: sore jaw this morning. I, I got
3: a couple of punches that's for sure from a couple of lads next to me. And you know it was just pandemonium. There was—I'm sure accidental. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Or maybe they, they maybe they didn't like my uh, my analysis during the games or something like that. It was you know who knows? But it was just chaos, wasn't it? Everywhere you looked, there was just bodies piling up. There was a guy on the left-hand side going down the railings. He couldn't keep himself up. It was absolute chaos in there. Um, and and the singing, the chanting—it was just the perfect away day. Sunshine, shining, three points. You know, day out in London. Ross, you know, you've, you've missed out, haven't you, really? You've you've chosen Forrest ahead of the Fulham game and you've missed out, mate. I
2: have missed out, you know,
3: and obviously
2: I missed out being with, you know, the Skyboys Extra Boys, you know. Um well, I was only and... Me and Dave, to be fair. Well, you yeah, I just yeah.
3: not I didn't go with Dave. I went
2: with a rival podcaster. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. But no, I did miss out. And I think, you know, from watching it, I mean, it it's sort of a result that afterwards... And I sort of agree with what Dave was saying. As it was sort of going on, you do get a a feeling, you know, that it was going to be our day. Um, And we needed a result like that, I think, because there was a slight concern I had um, about looking at the fixtures and thinking could this be the opposite of last season in terms of, you know, last season we finished with a little flurry and probably finished higher than what we probably deserved to, you know, really in terms of we had been battling survival all season and finished 16th and it looked quite comfortable. This season we've been top 10, 95% of the season. And I, I, my concern was, oh, are we going to like, go winless for the last five, six games and and, and suddenly, you know, f- finish down in 15th. which sort of peter out. Well, yeah. exactly. And, we, and finish in a position which we would have all took at the start of the season. But then based on how the season's gone, you'd have felt disappointed. So getting that win and going to 59 points, which is four more than we had on the, uh, the total of last season with five games to go, gives me hope that actually, you know, let's, let's have a really good end to the season. And, and, and there's just so much promise. There's so much to be excited about, I think. Um And I can't wait for... I can't wait for the yeah for the sort of you know the last few games and and the summer and the retain list and all this and the the transfer rumours to start and and see where we can go next season. You know, yeah, to the Premier League, mate. Well, we saw, well, that's only that, six that, points. That's if we don't get a Dino tweet going. I'm getting bad vibes from the club. You know, well, the there was bad course. vibes
3: last year. I won't, I won't uh, hesitate <laughs> to say that. I didn't feel bad vibes early in the summer, but you know, you
2: know. my What press vibes are you getting now, Dino? What vibes are you getting now? The vibes I get
3: at the moment is that. Um, it's it's not great to say, but at least one of those three players are going to get sold, and that might put us backwards a little bit, depending on obviously how we we use those finances in the future. So
0: I don't want to. That's that's it's for another day. Big, that's for another day. It is for another day, but it's going to be a big summer for transfers, isn't it? Because one hundred and five players
3: did. are out of contract in the championship. One hundred and five players. So that's a yeah. that's a huge amount of people. You know. Talent available to us to to try and sign on available for free, you know, and that's yes, what that's yeah. why
2: you know we've got at least our assets are tied down, and, and we can demand uh, big fees from. Them. There's a lot, like you said, there's a lot, there's some big players at other clubs who are available for free. And I was looking looking at that list you sent me, Dean, and I was thinking, wow. I mean, could you imagine, you know, <laughs> being in a position where O'Hare or someone was leaving for free this summer, you know? So at least we're yeah. not in that position. So uh, yeah, it is for another day. But uh, it was a great result, and it looked amazing, and I'm glad that you. I'm glad. I hope your jaw was not too sore.
3: It is. It, is, it is, uh, uh, I can't get my words. See, I see. <laughs> so, I'm actually struggling to talk today because my jaw is actually hurting. It's. It's really. It's really annoying. Um, I was having meetings all day and I couldn't talk the the same way I can't talk tonight. But hey ho, we we sold you on, don't we, for the for the love of the podcast, as they say. Uh, so it's only six points. Oh, sorry, it is still six points. You know, it's six points last Sunday when we spoke. It's still six points to the playoffs now. Obviously, two games less is it is it is it off now is Is that it you know are we running out of games we'd have to go I mean it's not, it's not
0: mathematically off is it and at, at the end of the day you've got to be buoyed by a performance against Fulham it's just that the amount of times we've said that and we've got to back it back that up um It's very, very tight and we're looking for favours from other teams. But a lot of other teams are struggling around us and and results do seem to be going our way. If we're realistic, we haven't really got a hope, have we? But like Ross said, regardless, I'd rather miss out on by two points and and finish like 7th or 8th. Yeah. But to finish 15th, um you know one place, albeit more points, but one place above where we finished last year, and I agree with Ross, we were probably were lucky actually to finish sixteenth last year we were we were in you know a relegation sort of battle i'd say for for majority of it and um it it's you know it's not it's not not mathematically possible, but realistically we're going to have to have a lot of favors from other teams. but what we do need to do is go and back up that win away at Blackburn, who, at Blackburn, Birmingham, sorry, that that have, you know, they're, they're struggling. You know, they, they might have beat West Brom, but they lost 2 nil to Forest as well um, at the weekend. They drew with Swansea, which is probably not a terrible result, but Borough, drew with Hull. You, you know, they've not had amazing results. They're kind of in and around that for a reason. Um, and I just think that we've got to go with all of that all of that energy, you know, and um, everything that comes from a, a, an emphatic win, and and, and going give them a good game, and then that really sets up, hopefully, a big clash on on the Monday where we'll, we'll flood numbers into the CBS, which is probably the the most important thing. Really, is is get people on a bank holiday Monday, you know, get locals back down in front of a big crowd, and and really take it to Bournemouth, who also haven't been amazing of late, really. No.
3: I think a big thing for us, if we can get to that Huddersfield game within a couple of points of them, because they've got an incredibly tough runner fixtures, and we obviously we've still got to play and They've got to play Luton, QPR, Middlesbrough away, which is tough. They've got to play Barnsley, who are going to be fighting for their lives uh, towards the end of the season. And then they hit us. If we could be within touching distance of them, that could be a massive game in the context of, of, of the, the playoff situation. But we've got to win our games until then, because we're still, yeah, you, you know, a way off them.
2: Yeah, you bang on. And I I, I always kept saying last few weeks, if we can be, you know, with two games to go, even if we're sort of four or five points off, and it's sort of un, very unlikely, but we're still in the picture. Put it this way, if if we were fighting relegation and we were six points above the drop zone, we wouldn't be counting exactly. our chickens. We wouldn't be saying exactly. we're safe. We'd be saying, we're, it looks like it's going to be fine, but you never know. I, I think I completely agree, Dave. I think if we can beat uh, Birmingham we need to we, we have to back up this this result and and then go into that Bournemouth game and the pressure is going to be all on them because of the media are talking about Forrest can they get that second spot we they come to town they're a team who's going to play football I, I, I back our chances I'm actually more worried about the Birmingham game than the Bournemouth game the way we've sort of played this season and I'd then give ourselves a chance you know and I think if we can get if we can be you know I mean the fact that we're here in the, well, the 11th of April talking about you know you know six points off the playoffs with five games to go it just shows how great a season it is so if we can just hang in there for a couple two or three more games i think it could be an exciting couple of games uh, towards the end of the season
3: right hold those thoughts now because we've got to do the preview after after our man of the matches so hold all thoughts in regards to the next two fixtures for a couple of minutes let's go through some man of the matches first um dave who who was uh who was the standout sky blue man for you
0: I think Yocarez for me really it's it's a really tough one because I think everyone to a man was fantastic and and Robbins was full of praise wasn't he for everyone that 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 played um, but for me maybe Yocarez just um, but you 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 know you would you could give it to anyone I'd say really
3: yeah and let's see who Ross gives it to Ross
0: yeah
2: I I'd agree Yocarez I think yeah you know, it, it starts from the front doesn't it and I think I think he just if he plays well, I think we play well and and they had a great game. See, so yeah, I agree. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Okay, so you've heard us mention this weekend's action
3: coming up. It's action-packed Easter weekend for the Sky Blues. On Friday, good Friday, we travel to our old tenants in Birmingham um, for a game at St Andrews at 3pm and then on Monday, Bournemouth come to town promotion chasing Cherries will be in action at the CBS against the Sky Blues. Uh, Dave, obviously, we've we've had a little chat there about this week. But what are your thoughts over overall with the game on Friday versus Birmingham? One to look forward to a local derby.
0: Yeah, definitely one one to look forward to local derby. Um, I think what we've got a re- slightly reduced, haven't we? What are we taken up there?
3: Two. I think they've given us six tickets. If, six, if six I've tickets, if I've read yeah. on Twitter rightly. Uh, six six of Sky Blues fans are allowed to go. Yeah.
0: Presumably they all went to the supporters clubs. <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. yeah.
3: All to the Leamington supporters clubs.
0: <laughs> but look, it's 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 a game that really we should be winning, I think, um, on on paper. Um you know, football's not played on paper, but it, it is a game that we should be should be at least taken to them. I, I'm I'm pretty positive about it, but like Ross mentioned, I'd I'd be more worried about this. Um, as a potential banana skin compared to 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 Bournemouth really um especially if we get numbers up there on the Monday. So I think tricky tie um they've had a few results but but I think really we should be we should be backing up that Fulham take the same game plan and and and, and go from there.
3: Yeah, it is a tricky one on paper, Ross. But it's that local derby edge, isn't it? Against it, uh, but our, our record at St Andrews, obviously being there for the last couple of seasons, is is phenomenal. So can we go there with that little added belief that you know we we can win in
2: in, in this place? We we should do. Uh, there's nothing to fear about this Birmingham side at all. Um... The last three times we have played them, they just ended in draws, so though. Yeah, been quite sort of drab affairs. That's that's um,
3: why the the sort of the local doubt. Even though we've got the better quality and you know we're a better team than them for, for sure. Um yeah. it's the local derby edge, isn't it? That sort of
2: sort of taints the Evens taints it out the viewing. A little bit. Yes, I mean we've got to go there with full belief. Um And I, you know a lot of our players, we we know the ground. We've played there. We've had great success there. So there shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean one of their stands is, is closed as well. Um we got out got out of there at the right time, didn't we? Um yeah. So we found I mean, on us to be honest. My, so there's nothing that, that there's nothing to be intimidated about. We we should go there. That I look at their squad and, and Birmingham just remind me of of us in the championship from like 2008 to 2012, yeah, where, really where you've got, yeah. you have got one or two players and you just do enough, but it's very underwhelming. And sooner or later, one of these seasons that they'll go down because they, they'll just yeah. they'll gamble one, one step too far. And they literally just remind me of like us under Coleman and, and Boothroyd and all of that. So, and Dowie before. So I, I think they're a poor team, but like you're saying that it's a, it's a West Midlands derby. So that leaving it even up a little bit, but we've just got to go there with this, the belief We've got nothing to lose. And I think that helped maybe against Fulham. So let's just go there again,
0: play our football and I back us. I so bizarre they're... that though, Sorry, isn't I'm... it? Do you not think though? It's so bizarre that like, you know, pressure, because clearly it does look like the players have been playing with a bit of pressure and and people keep saying about that shackles off and it's like, well, what, what pressure really? You're well, not going to go yeah. down. Yeah. It, it's crazy. So I'm not sure what the mood is in, in the camp. It'd be interesting to know, but inevitably if you're getting that close I suppose you do start to put pressure on yourself because you think well maybe we could just sneak into the playoffs and then when it seemingly doesn't look on then you it drops off but there shouldn't really be any pressure because they've totally outperformed what what people would have thought this season, you know, isn't it just great that we're not scrapping relegation. This Birmingham game could have been a real right nightmare, right. Of, of, of potentially a relegation scrap. So I think we do have to sometimes come back to that and say, it's, it really is amazing that we're not scrapping relegation at the moment. And even that's why I wasn't fussed if we did finish 15th, because at the end of the day, it's, it's been a, it's been a really, really good season, but it, it, I agree. It's it's a, it's a bit of a tricky tie, but we've got to show the class.
3: Well, they would be in a dire situation had it not been for Derby and Reading with those points deductions, because you know yeah. that'd have been a, a big scrap at the bottom of the table between themselves, Bristol, Hall, Reading. Um, for, you know, for those for those for that final relegation spot, obviously Derby would have been way up in the table uh, without that that twenty one points. So uh, that goes to show. The type of team Birmingham Gomar they 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 are they would struggle in a normal season, but obviously it's not the case. Banker of the day though, Lyle Taylor obviously joined them in in January. Uh, loves a goal against the Sky Blues, so it wouldn't surprise me. if He obviously not, uh, notches against us on 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 Friday as well. So stick that in your accumulator, everybody. That's Dean's tip of the week: Lyle Taylor to score, which obviously isn't great, uh, great listening, but you know it, it seems to happen all the time. Um, conscious of of how long we've we've spoken tonight, so let's let's push on with some predictions for this one. Um, let's start with you, David.
0: Yeah, I do think it it might be a draw. One all, I'm going to go for. Okay, and Ross will take yours for the tweet
2: league this week. I sort of my my sort of gut sort of agrees, but you know I'm going to be positive. And I'm going to think, come on, let's, let's get the win. Let's go two one. To be to fair, you this. were
3: positive against Fulham. I think you actually said three one as well.
2: Did I? Yeah, I'm
3: pretty sure you said 3-1. That oh, might I might first, have, actually. That might have been our first full points of the season on the Tweet League as well, because yeah, normally yeah, we are go. useless as a, as a collective. Yeah. I'm not talking, <laughs> take myself out of it, because yeah, I'm doing pretty well, but as a collective, useless on the Tweet
2: go, League. Yeah, I'll go 2-1 then. 2-1 So Sky 2-1 Blues.
3: for the Sky Blues. Okay, and then let's have a quick chat against uh, chat against chat uh, for the Bournemouth game. Uh, so we, we play them on Monday... Afternoon. This is a big one for, for both teams, really. You know, you've already spoken, Ross, about the pressure Forrester putting Bournemouth on for that second automatic position. So they're going to come and, you know,
2: the pressure's on them, really, isn't it? So that, that might play into our hands. 100%. And as I said earlier, and I think we all spoke about it, when teams come to the CBS and attack and attack and attack, they leave spaces. And I think we're great on that transition, on that counter, of finding those spaces with the likes of Hamer and O'Hare and Victor running uh, in the channels. The, the only thing that slightly worries me with these last few games is just our depth because the bench, yeah. obviously, we, we didn't make a single sub and the, we had two goalkeepers on the bench. So that's the only thing that I think ultimately we'll just will see us drop a couple of results here and there. But there's nothing to, you know, the pressure's all on them, especially if we can beat Birmingham. It's a big game and, and, and there could be, you know, if we were to beat Birmingham and then get a result against Bournemouth, other teams got to play people; they could drop points, and suddenly, like you say, you could be going into the last three games of the season thinking we're only four or five points off here, and you never know. All right, then.
3: give us a prediction then. It won't be for the tweet league, but what's what's your thoughts? Um, one-one. Okay, cool. Uh Dave, do you want to give us a prediction for the tweet league for this one?
0: <laughs> he sounded so Pressure's positive, on. and then he went one-one. Oh, one. no. <laughs> yeah. Um, 3-1 for me. I think we're going to win. Wow. Is that... I'll
3: tell you what, I'll take both of those boys. If we can get both of those in the bag, six points, we are back in it if that is the case. It all,
0: it all I think, relies on Friday. I think if we yeah. get a result against Birmingham, then that, that, you know, they're going to bring next to nothing support. They ain't going to be loud, are they, Bournemouth yeah. at, at CBS. I honestly think if we get a result against Birmingham, then that is going to be someday up, you know, on Easter Monday, bank holiday, let's go up the city for a day out, Sun. I mean, the weather next week is, is classed, by the way. It's, you're looking at like 18, 19s now. So it, it it's going to be brilliant, isn't it? It's going to be great. Let's hope that... um. Let's hope that we, if we get a result against Birmingham, I think it'd be a really good game at Bournemouth. I was
3: trying to go through my limited knowledge of of local weathermen to, to call you um, there, but I, I can't think Michael of it. The only person I can think of is the guy... Yeah, Michael Fish, yeah. The only person I can think of is the guy who fell in the water on this morning when I was when I was very young. So maybe I'll call you him.
1: Michael Fish, okay.
3: that's, that is a throwback. Uh, right, that's, that's, <laughs> let's wrap things up. Uh, on this week's pod thank you very much chaps for for, for your thoughts as, as always um, heading into this week keep an eye out on all social media channels on Sky Blues Extra for the best pre and post match content a big thank you to Shortland Horn for their continued support too and if you've got anything to say just use the hashtag Sky Blues Extra
2: Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast